Hi, Mike Gibson and Javier Bermejo coming to you live from ESC 2017, talking about uh, Viagra in patients with corrected uh, valvular heart disease who have some residual pulmonary hypertension. Tell Hello. us a little bit about why you did the study. Well, um, valvular heart disease is a very prevalent uh, condition in Western countries, and uh, unfortunately, the only uh, treatment for this disease we know it nowadays is obviously correcting the original valve lesion. Now, um, the problem is eventually a number of patients, even though the original valvular lesion is uh, successfully corrected, in the long term, they develop uh, complications and disability and symptoms uh, eventually. And there are a number of risk factors related to that. And among these risk factors, pulmonary hypertension is known to be a, a, an important risk factor for uh, not improving in the long term after the original disease was corrected. And we had, this was, the study was designed more than 10 years ago, and we had some preliminary data based on heart failure patients, both with preserved and with reduced digestion fraction, suggesting that the drug, sildenafil, was useful in functional terms, although other studies were neutral. But we did have evidence that the drug was safe. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the sildenafil has an approved on-label indication for group one pulmonary hypertension. So the hypothesis was that eventually there could be a role for the, using the drug for improving um, pulmonary hypertension and right ventricular afterload in these patients with uh, residual uh, valvular heart disease, yes. How many patients did you study? We enrolled uh, two, exactly 200, and patient, 200 patients. Uh, they were randomized one-to-one to receive either uh, the active treatment of 40 milligrams three times a day or placebo. And uh, how old were these patients? A median age was uh, 77 years old. And interestingly, another demographic issue is that 77% of our patients were women, which wow. is something that is not so frequent in this kind of study. So they were mostly elder, elderly women, which is sort of an new target which hasn't been really studied in depth using the drug. Yeah. Yeah. And what did you find? Well, what we actually was quite striking results, not exactly what we expected, and uh, at, we, we followed the patients for six months. It was a clinical outcome-based trial based on uh, endpoints uh, designed usually, usually used for a heart failure trials. So it's based on clinical outcomes. We did, it, we did our focus on what happened really with the patients. And we build up this composite clinical score in which we combined, uh, uh, it's, a, it's a composite endpoint combining um, readmission due to heart failure, obviously death, uh, worsening or improving your functional class, and, the, and we also introduced the global self-assessment score, which is a sub subjective perception of the patient, but it has been very well validated in heart failure trials. So according to this uh, uh, composite score, the outcome of a patient is classified either as improvement, if he hasn't been admitted, if he obviously is alive, if his functional class has improved, or his global self-assessment self score has improved significantly. And outcome is believed to be worsened if he's dead, or he has been readmitted due to heart failure, or his functional class is worsened, or his uh, uh, global self-assessment also, he believes, compared to the entry in the study, he's done worse. And if he doesn't fall in any of these two categories, he's uh, classified as unchanged. 
and we found that um, almost 30% of our patients were in this unchanged category, but the distribution of patients who worsened and improved was markedly different between mm. patients taking placebo and patients taking the active drug. Actually, the proportion of patients who worsened was double wow. patients taking the, the, the active drug wow. compared to placebo. The proportion of patients who improved was almost double yeah. taking uh, placebo compared to patients taking the active drug. And when we looked at survival analysis and you know, went into the, what was actually happening, what we found was patients were being readmitted due to heart failure. Huh. Uh, due in, in mostly in the active group. There was a hazard ratio for readmission of 2.0, which is very high, yes. Yeah. So why? Why did this, I mean, it seems to violate everything we've done. Well, um, well, the answer, the, the, the answer is we have to look at that. What, what, well, I mean, it looks straightforward. You know, it has been reported, and we also tested these patients at enrollment doing an acute test, just using sublingual, uh, uh, a sublingual dose of 100 milligrams of uh, sildenafil to try to, well, see, to, to see what were the acute effects in the cath lab for every single patient in the trial. And what we did find was a very effective and favorable uh, hemodynamic effect in the acute phase. Now, it seems like things in the long term are not functioning the same way. And eventually, obviously, the patients were uh, in, uh, readmitted due to real heart failure. We must assume that uh, the, the left heart is not able to, to manage that increase in cardiac output re related to pulmonary vasodilatation, and eventually they will increase their left arterial pressure and bring them up to heart failure. Hmm. That, that may be, we, we didn't recath the whole cohort, so we don't have the hemodynamic data on ha our hands, but looking at what happened with the clinical outcomes, the most probable explanation is this one, yeah. Well, very carefully done study. Uh, it's always good to, you know, take a hypothesis that yep. everyone accepts as yep. this is good. And, and then, then uh, sadly, unfortunately, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's good. It's always more believable. When, <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. No bias. No bias. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for joining us, Javi, and thanks for all of you for joining us here live from ESC 2017. Thank you.